I was thinking earlier when we were talking about whether or not we were heathens because we don't take our kids to church. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. I think good. we lucked out. I think it was one of those, you know how like I was saying before that uh, I'm procrastivoyant, <laughs> right? And I was I having, don't enjoy this, yes. Right? And I was having a hard time coming up with an example, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I would say that as a couple, we're procrastivoyant. Again, what procrastivoyant <laughs> means is that you procrastinate, but then it ends up being better that you did. I know, like how we didn't get our girls into school, but it's like, who wants them in school during a pandemic anyways? They'll wait till it's over and start kindergarten when things are normal. Perfect. Yeah. Or, right, back to the example of church. Yes. Right? So have you ever thought about possibly taking our kids to church? Absolutely. So have I, but we haven't done it, right? Yeah. It's something that we just kept putting off. And now we're in a pandemic and there's no church, right? Right. Here's the caveat, right? So I don't know about you, but I did grow up in church and I had to go to Sunday school. You don't know about me. Well, I don't know to the it's level. Been Twenty years, Sydney. Well, to the to the <laughs> level that I had to grow up in church, right? I mean, again, I don't I don't think it was the same, right? But I think I think everybody feels that their childhood church experience was uh extensive or 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 in, excuse me intense right but they're not they're not all all childhood church experiences aren't built the same mm-hmm. right i was in church all the time from uh you know sunday school uh, regular church service uh choir practice usher practice uh bible studies prayer meeting so in a seven-day week, I was in church like five days a week for no less than an hour each each time I was there. Mm-hmm. Churchy shit. Just all sorts of churchy shit. There was never a moment while I was doing any of that church stuff that I wasn't making all kinds of promises to God about how I would just be a good person and dedicate myself to the cloth if I just never had to go to church again. <laughs> Serious. I swear to you, I would just sit in and like it's anything. If just like if you could just end church forever, <laughs> I promise. Like this is it. Like it's like I like you. I just don't like here. I went to church on Sunday with family. I went to Sunday school voluntarily. Like the cadets taught it, and me and yeah. my friends like went, and it was like I went fun. kicking and screaming. I went to um, God's Gang and then Young Life oh, you voluntarily. Summer church camps. Yeah, well, they I, were like. I was a counselor in all of our summer church camps. <laughs> and then I like there was like a Bible study offshoot of those like those fun like kids yeah. church groups um, that I'd like try every once in a while. I'd go once. I'd be like, oh, and then like a couple months later, I'd go again because like I had friends that were really into it. And I'd just always be like, maybe I'll do this. And then yeah. I'd go and then I'd be like, no. Well, I mean, I, I never had I never got to quit any of that stuff. And I was it was never voluntarily. Oh, it was I, forced. Like so, so how many times a week were you in church? If you, all year round. If you count all of those, I guess it would be like three days a week. So you went to church for three days a week for how long of your life? Um. Well, we always went to church on Sunday, but I didn't go to like start going to those things until like fourth grade. 
when we moved to West Point because they didn't have them at the other. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't. So how long? Did it, how long did that last? I went through high school. I kept going. So you went to church three times a week from fourth grade to high school. No, tw- like twice a week in high school. See, Four, see what I'm saying? Three times You're a week cooking in the books. Everybody tries to cook the books on their church experience because everybody wants to feel like they had, like the American, like this weird. I don't know, everybody, that's like a rite of passage that everybody survived church, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody wants to inflate their stats a little bit. I, but I'm saying I didn't, it was kind of fun. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, again, going back to the procrastinance of the situation, mm-hmm. right? I, little girls love structure and rules. Mm-hmm. Little boys hate it. Mm-hmm. So church. And wearing dresses. Exactly. I, I got to wear church shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you get to, I have to mm-hmm. for almost every, every part of the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. They're like, there's almost nothing in the middle for mm-hmm. us. It's like, I mean, we get to eat. Yeah. That was it. We got to eat. Our kids have been to church, uh, twice now. Yeah. And what the, the best part about it was the cake afterwards. Okay. That's in the middle of all of our family's Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee it. But just like, again, sitting there, and, and again, black church is long. Yeah, my church wasn't like, yeah. it was like an hour. So we're putting in hours. Yeah. You know, like a like black church service is very long, like mm-hmm. two hours at the least, like mm-hmm. minimum it's two hours. So, I mean, it's just, it's just like, I, I got like airplane pilot hours for my church going, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, so... Again, I'm sitting there the whole entire time. Like, I know our son would be, mm-hmm. right? Like, how confusing that is for a generation of children right now that exist that made that promise to God mm-hmm. that if they just stop church. You did this. You brought this pandemic on us. Oh, I didn't. Goodness gracious. I mean, there's no way God was like, oh, oh, shit, shit, shit. I forgot to listen to Sydney. Let me get his, <laughs> let me take care of Sydney's request from 1995. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I learned this. Do you think God's procrastinating? Is that Maybe. what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people keep saying God is a black man. That's, that's yeah. another thing Yeah. that society yeah. needs to kind of wrap its head around. I mean, think about how old the earth is and how old everything is. You think God's doing everything immediately? Like time is different to him. He's like, I'll get there. Time is different to him. You think God has phrases like, listen, listen, uh, God may be late, but he always on time. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Isn't that the God we all want? Like Morgan Freeman would say that. Yeah, that's Morgan. That's something Morgan Freeman would say. (laughs) I think Morgan Freeman is our favorite God. Yeah. As a society. Probably. Probably. He was the first God that went, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. And no, God didn't say that before. Up until then, God was the, like a very rules-oriented kind of stuffy guy. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, yeah, I could see, I, I'm, I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it now, like all the ways that uh, God could be a black person. Although, I don't know, I, th- I feel like people nowadays would make the argument that if God was a black person, maybe things would be a little better for black people in 20. Now, I think in America, things are great. Think about people. the butts he gave black people. Like, does anything else really matter? Well, I mean, now, no. <laughs> like in twenty in the 2020, in 2020 yeah. Instagram era, uh-huh. nothing else matters. It's all coming to time. Like, just give it time. It'll all even out. I, I guess I guess if I think about it, because when I think about most of the Instagram butt models, they're white. And we know how much a black guy loves a white chick with a fat <laughs> ass. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. This all checks out <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. God's a black guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, watching base jumping videos today. Well, not base jumping videos. I was watching videos where people tragically died base <laughs> jumping and like all the different mishaps that go wrong yeah. and everything. Did you know base jumping, like the word base and base jumping, did you know that was an acronym? No. Yeah. I had no clue. It's uh, <laughs> um, bet your ass shits bad. I don't know. I don't have any base. English. Yeah, <laughs> B A S E B A not um, B A S B. You were good. Bet your bet ass, ass shits. shits expected. Okay, you could have said everywhere. <laughs> that starts with an E. I mean, there are a lot of th- a lot of places you could have went with that. You went with uh, first. It was uh, a B word, but no, base. <laughs> fixed it, expected. <laughs> it. So base jumping, base is building because it's it's named for the different places you jump. I off might have of. heard this once before. Yeah, right. Building antenna span Earth. Why span Earth? See, why do you read those together? Those are, those are I, know, I know those are separate, but like, okay, you jump off a building, maybe yes. you jump off an antenna, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Are you I thinking a car antenna? <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> no. They came up with this a while ago. Yeah. There might be like like cell phone antennas. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, they're those, crazy those people. Are, yeah. antenna, right? Like cell phone towers are antennas. Right. Right. So, but span and earth, like span. What do you think span is? Span, like the distance that they're jumping. What, what do you, what spans a distance? Between two things. Like a tightrope? Like a bridge? A bridge. Bridge. Jumping off two bridges. 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 And earth? Like just jumping off a mountain? Yeah, cliffs. Okay. Cliffs and things. Okay. Right? Okay. Cool. Yeah. You just learned to... You didn't want to accept that knowledge almost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to trick you. I wasn't trying to trick you. I just felt like the people that came up with it probably jumped off of buildings and hit their heads too much. Yeah? Yeah. So then... You just trying to make up for the fact that you you said B S A B. Really, I just feel like you're lashing out now. At a, at a very small yet a very supportive community, very uh, a community that very much supports two Jack Bros. Do they <laughs> base jumpers? Yeah, I don't know. That's probably our crowd. You think so? Yeah this this podcast is a little bit of a tightrope. Yeah, yeah. People like to live risky. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah, that's uh, that's oh man, I can't stop thinking about how you know like the other day our kids were watching Charlotte's Web. Yeah, but that's an intense story. I know. Like the cartoon is intense. Yeah. Like, I I don't think like there's that part where uh, uh, Wilbur finds out the process that he's going to end up being food. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to die. Yeah. I don't want to die. Like that was, I was upstairs while that was playing. Yeah. And that was like getting me in my soul. Yeah. I was just like, he doesn't want to die. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, oh my God, stop this show. Like I, yeah. I almost wanted to be like our kids. Like, they can't watch this. Like, I can't handle this. <laughs> they can't watch this. Yeah. They watched it again. They were like, we're into this. Yeah. I had to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. but that's uh, you don't, we don't, you don't get cartoons like that, that really deal with that whole in cartoon, that whole cartoon, the whole entire story of Charlotte's Web, is about the acceptance of death. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is from the very beginning. What other, I mean, they're they're not getting any other things like like kids like kids don't get that now. Yeah, and somebody actually dies in it. And it's like yeah. like no, we've got to move. You know what else we watched? Uh, Bambi while we were up at my mom's. Yeah. Death. 
death. So I think that has a lot to do with the way this younger generation is now. They don't get enough death. I think they're scared. I think they're scared and they've never ever been told how like about death or how to accept death. They don't have anything in culture that kind of trains the mind to accept the realities of death. And I feel like they are out there without that, without that conditioning. And they're just afraid to die. And that's why everything seems so dire in, in matter of life or death to them. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't, there's like, there is no separation to them because the, 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 the fear, because they've never been able to curtail their fear of death in any way, shape or form fear all fears lead to that extremity yeah so no i agree with you i agree with you i think there's a there's a whole disconnect like people aren't connected to their bodies to their souls to their like their beings anymore and they're just so when you like what you're saying when you get the anxiety and it flushes over you you don't know you don't know what to do with it. You don't know what level it is. You don't know how extreme it is. And so every, like you're saying, everything is, is the end is the anxiety is the yeah. like, that's it's, everything is suffering. Everything yeah. is like so extreme because they're again, they, they just don't know. They're so again, they're just, they're afraid of death out there. And they've not experienced anything to anything that they've come through. So it's like, like, like there's no, so there's no like rock bottom or there's no like, oh, well, remember that last time when things were rough and we got through it? You know, it's yeah. like like it's like, oh, well, that that was trauma. I had trauma. Yeah, it's all trauma. Almost every single one of our childhood stories involve like tragic death immediately. Yeah. You know, it was like, like you said, Bambi. Yeah. Right? Uh, Charlotte's Web. Dumbo. Oh, Dumbo. Like all of the classics. Yeah. Lock his mom up. Yeah. Yeah. They And like. Uh, did he ever? He never saw her again. He did. He saw he, her. He saw her again. Did he see? Yeah, I think he saw her again. Okay. I don't know, but Dumbo is an intense movie. That's to an watch. intense fucking movie. What about um, Fifele, America's Tale? Yeah. Loses his family. Like all. Yeah, all of our stories were like little kids out there, like trying to figure it out with everybody dying around them. I guess that's why people were getting so bent out of shape about the idea of kids being separated from their parents at the border. Yeah. So they never saw Dumbo. Yeah. They don't know that these kids are going to develop special powers and fly with their ears. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get the cats to go to China. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to deprive, deprive these kids of a magical coming of age. Tale, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it really is. Like, they're like, oh, we don't want these kids coming of age. We never came of age. We're not going to no. let these kids come of age. Fuck that. They're just yeah. stepping on other people coming of age. Yeah. They don't want them to have a special story. Because nobody has a special story right now because no nobody, everybody, like everything's so nerfed. Yeah. Right? That, uh, I was just talking to uh, Tim Butterly and Matt McCusker, shout out uh, Stoner Dad's podcast coming out near, oh, actually, it might be a little bit of a secret and mystery. You might have to find it yourself. We, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but we were just talking about, uh, wait, what was I just saying before that? Everything's nerfed? Yeah. Oh, no it's about the idea of people wanting to... Uh, like have the outcome of a tough life, but not actually have to live the tough life to get it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I was talking to somebody at our gym and we were talking about the same thing. And I think it was Steve and he, he kind of condensed it or it's like the idea of like wanting life experiences without the life experiences. Yeah. And that is where we, 
so that there's a combination like these people that are afraid that have no idea how to rationalize the fact that they're mortal right Mm -hmm. and then being told that if you identify as something then you just get to be it Mm -hmm. right so if i if i if i'm a person of this era and i want to identify as somebody that like you know came from the hard knocks and had street smarts and you know had a tough life right i can just say that especially if you're a poc yeah, no, I mean, you can't deny that if I'm a POC. Mm. Like, even if I grew up in a cul-de-sac and went to all the private colleges and my family are, like, bankers and doctors and stuff, mm-hmm. if I wear the right clothes and say it, you got and, like, talk the right way, mm-hmm. you have to give that to me. Mm-hmm. I would say almost, and, and that's one of the things that people have to, like, most black people don't live that life. Mm-hmm. Like, the vast majority, even, even black people in bare neighborhoods, it is a small percentage of the black people, even in those neighborhoods, that are living that life. I mean, it was your mom beating everybody it up. Was like, definitely it was not my, everybody else's mom. No, no <laughs> all the rest of them were like uh, victims. <laughs> a lot of victims. Yeah. A lot of victims in the black community. You know, a lot of witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people that now won't go to that neighborhood. <laughs> You know, people people don't talk about how diverse those neighborhoods are. <laughs> it was my mom, victims, witnesses, scared people. And your sister. <laughs> it was my mom and my sister, victims, scared people. <laughs> oh, man. Man, so diverse. Black neighborhoods yeah. are so diverse, right? Yeah. And and again, you got to think about that. Like, even I'm not my mom. No. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I was a I was a witness. <laughs> you know? <It's> like, <laughs> your sister was your little mom. Was a little- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like... Man, I was I was a witness for the most part. Yeah, you know, like even so, it's like my mom had that life. Yeah, you know, you were just catching their babies as they like to fight. <laughs> yeah, <just like. laughs> oh man, but that but but do you understand what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't like haven't haven't been in a situation where I grew up as a child moving eleven different houses by the time I was in sixth grade. A mom that was fired from ever she never worked a job for longer than a year mm-hmm. until I was what thirty five thirty six like it wasn't that long ago that we celebrated that vic that milestone for her mm-hmm. so a mom who's getting fired from every job she has like, after like eight months of working there right moving all these different houses living in a car living in the Salvation Army you know I would never say that I had a rough life my mom's life seemed like it sucked. <laughs> I mean, she had all that shit, and she's dragging around two kids. And she's taking you to church the whole time? No, my mom didn't take me to church. It was grandma's my house? Yeah, it was when I lived with my grandma. That was when all the church happened. Oh, God. Yeah, and my mom was one of those people that would, uh, you know, like, she'd hit rock bottom, and then she'd be like, I got to get my shit together. And then she'd go to church, and then she'd learn a new catchphrase, and then she'd be like, oh, I'm good. And then she'd like, leave, <laughs> but keep that yeah. catchphrase. That's, you know? kinda, that's church. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that works. That's church. You need Jesus. Like, that was like, <laughs> is that, that what you, where you learn that, mom? Church. I'm a Christian now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm born again. You need Jesus. Get your shit together. Um, what, what, I, well, uh, oh, I remember the, the one, the one uh, catchphrase she got when she went to church a little bit was, uh, God don't like ugly. <laughs> she so, liked that one yeah because it's so you're really just going to church 
for again when you're when you're my mom in the black neighborhood when you're my mom <laughs> right when you're my mom when you're that okay. small we're percentage of people mom. that are my mom <laughs> you know who you are you know who you yeah, are yeah you do <laughs> uh so when you when you go to church what you're really doing is going there to get information or something that you can use to weaponize in your life <laughs> You know, you're going to use this at all the haters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. COVID. I'm sorry. I, I COVID you. Um, but yeah, you're going to use this at all the haters. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, me- I remember when she got God don't like ugly. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a she was sassing that <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. All over the place. I, I remember one time she found out that somebody was talking shit about her from a very reputable source. Right. <laughs> it was the person who was talking shit. It was her best friend. Mm. who was starting to become friends with my mom Mm -hmm. and told my mom, she told my mom that, you know, Lady X was talking shit about her, Mm -hmm. right? My mom called her up. The lady answered the phone and she, my mom goes, God don't like ugly. And hung up. Like, no, hello? Your mom's so scary. It's like, I, I don't, like she's like this, she's like a weird anti-hero figure, yeah. right? <laughs> because she's not necessarily the good guy. She's not necessarily the bad guy, but she has some sick-ass catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you once that I accidentally pocket-dialed your mom? No. And I hung up? Yeah. And she called me back? It was like, God, don't <laughs> like her. <ugly." laughs> <laughs> <laughs> what did Robin say? What did she say? She was when just she... like, honey, you don't have to hang up. <laughs> like, she was so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. She's a sweet lady. Yeah. Sweet lady. Crazy as all the dickens, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, wild, wild stuff. <laughs> wild stuff. I don't even know what we were talking How do we even get to my mom being that small percentage of black people? <laughs> Because people that don't want to have lived through life experiences, but want to yeah, so like, act like they did. So it, they it, want to have all this knowledge and wisdom. Everybody wants wisdom right now. And people don't have wisdom anymore. Like not even like, cause we, like we were talking about this the other day. Like we, we hate old people and yeah. they're the people that have wisdom. And we think that like all these like 29 year olds have wisdom and they're going to like tell us the secret of life and like what they've learned in life. And it's like, you haven't been through anything. Yeah. Like you don't know anything. Yeah. And, and we, we hate, yeah. And we hate the old people because they're useless and broken. But well, see, we, we made them useless and we broke them. Yeah. Right. Because all old people across all cultures aren't useless and broken. No. But, but for some are. reason, in this like super advanced society, terrible feet. Our old people got terrible <laughs> oh, That's feet. where we went with that, yeah. yeah. They have bad feet. Bad feet. And, and it's like... Because we're putting them in soft shoes. <laughs> <laughs> See, we have wisdom. <laughs> well, that's wisdom. In this house, we talk about wisdom, wisdom. all the time. <laughs> it's wisdom. Old people should be walking barefoot. Yeah. Barefoot or wooden sandals. That's the Japanese I, got yeah. it. The Japanese, the Dutch, <laughs> they get it, man. We shame too many people for being out there barefoot. We do. We it's do. not right. And that's what I'm saying. There is, there's like this weird invisible hand that is trying to separate us from all of our, like our social, um, sh- strength depositories, you know, like, well, dude, that's like the craziest thing about this whole COVID thing. Right. Because like everything that like leading up to this, it was like, 
you can't raise children by yourself. It's so hard. We need a neighborhood. Remember back in the days when like the whole neighborhood used to help raise kids and we're all making sure people are doing the right thing. And like, and then it was like COVID and it's like, do not go to your neighbor's house. Do not look at your neighbor. Don't cross the street when they're walking towards you on the sidewalk. Like have no interact. Like this is like trying so hard to separate us as human beings. Like your bubble needs to be smaller. Like, you know, like it's crazy. It used to take a village to raise a child. Now it takes a village to cancel a child, cancel a child for being outside without a mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's uh yeah, there is. There's something, you know, like something it's like keeping us like the invisible hand is trying to draw a wedge between us and old people to keep yeah. us from the wisdom. Yeah, we can't even see old people right now. You're gonna kill your grandma if you go see her. No church. No church. Which is another which is where the old people are. That's what that that is a wisdom tradition. Yeah. Church is a wisdom tradition. For sure. Yeah. So and again, like you said, it's where all the old people are. So it's like, fuck, we can't can't go to nursing homes, can't go to church, can't was, go you can't go anywhere thing. to see them. That is probably where old people are kicking the deepest information. Yeah. Nursing homes. Yeah. Because they, they how good they feel. Like you come to visit and they're like, ah, they're, they're, they get their adrenaline spikes. And they just start saying dope shit. The old people at the bar that like the old dude that like, like that old yeah. drunk dude has a lot of wisdom at a the bar too. A lot of wisdom. A lot you of know? wisdom. He's fucked up a lot. Yeah. He's seen a lot of different rock bottoms. Yeah. Right. You need to talk to him. You need to go to the, uh, what are they? Um, what the, are they the VFWs? Yeah. The F- yeah. yeah. The VFWs. You need yeah. to go there and like. Just, Learn a just thing or suck two. an old man's dick. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Get some wisdom. Yeah. Get some wisdom. Yeah. So then there's the uh, the invisible hand that is trying to keep, just keep us from each other, period. Mm-hmm. Like we can't even interact with each other. So it's, no. it's just young people too, right? And then there's that invisible hand that's like, keep like, hey, you don't need a dad. You know, it's just yeah. like, there's a lot of. A lot of the things that are sources of wisdom and, and, and strength and, and good energy for us are being eradicated right now. I feel like I'm primed to join a cult. Like I am being yeah. like, like molded and like all of a sudden a cult is going to come walking in and it's going to be shiny and gold and I'm going to be like, I need that. I need that. Listen, we're just trying to bring people together. We're not trying to get you to join a cult as well. <laughs> we just know that we're vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> we're very vulnerable to cult behavior right now. Uh-huh. But, you know, again, just trying to bring the world together. We're, this is a unity podcast, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's about bringing people together and, like, getting over our differences and, like, seeing each other as humans and yeah. accepting the fact that my mom is that small percentage of people in the black community. That <laughs> <laughs> it's not all, it, you know what I mean? But that these are the truths that people need to realize. So then you go to college and then you have every single black person at your college was one of those people. And the fuck out of yeah. here. You're being lied to yeah. by 99.9% of those black people. Yeah. It's wild. But everybody just gets to claim that. Well, because like like you you went to a high school that was like 50-50, right? Yeah. And how many, like you had some good friends that had similar experiences to you, right? Mm-hmm. Had moms that were living, like that were good friends with your mom. Yeah. Like running. So like, but it wasn't every kid in your high school that was black that was living like, even though there were neighborhoods, right? Yeah. And a lot of those black kids, you know, they, when they were like, oh, his mom, you know what I mean? Like, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You? It's like, my mom was a crazy woman. Yeah. You know, in, the, in that neighborhood. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was like a very, very small percentage of the were black Were you friends people. with all the other kids whose were like We all knew moms, each other. Like. Because we all, like most of us grew up in the same, like, like street, government subsidized like, yeah. housing community. Yeah. And then when we came out of that community 
into like the the greater Pottstown area. Yeah, we were all in the same poor neighborhood, and so we're all the same poor white kids. Like it was yeah. a very mixed n- neighborhood. Yeah, but it, you know, but yeah, it was like it's funny to me because it's the opposite with with the white culture, because in black culture, everybody wants to claim the uh, that very small percentage of people that you know have it hard and get through it hard, right? And in white culture, it's almost the opposite. Like people want to be to come from sophistication more mm. so mm. than the the white trashness. Like people try to hide that more than celebrate it. Yeah, you try to say that you like how great your family is and like yeah. how beautiful it all is and how everybody's so amazing and gets along and Yeah. It's like we went to a liberal arts college and I swear to you, like all of the people claim that they had moms that were like tough fighters. Right? Like, oh mom yeah, it's just like then why did you come out? Wait, on your floor? Like uh, the, just period. Like even the white kids said they had moms. That no, 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 I'm talking about all the black kids. Okay, like, almost okay. all the black kids that I talked to. Yeah, like almost. The, <laughs> That's like, what I meant. Your floor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, but again, I mean it was like we had what, like a couple hundred maybe black yeah. kids on our campus, and I talk, I'm, I've talked to most of them, and a large majority of them claim to have had bad experience. Yeah. Where it's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have come out as soft as you are if your mom was what you're describing her to be. Or if your upbringing was what you're describing it to be. It's like, you're, 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 you're a very, you're veal. Yeah. You know, you have a, you have a, not like, not, not just veal physically, but you have a veal constitution. And I can see it. And I, and I want to, I want to ring, you know what I mean? It's like, and I got it. Well, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to not be a feral person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you are, Sydney. Dude, I see that in you. Always, I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Thank you I very much. I know it's much. hard for you. Thank you very much. When we went out today to the nature preserve, <laughs> I know it was hard for you. <laughs> you wanted to go attack all those veal people walking around. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. It's, it's just annoying watching people make those claims when you know they're they're lying. Yeah. And, and, and the only way to check them on it is to punch them in the face. And now you're the bad guy. <laughs> That's a rough life. <laughs> it's a rough life, man. It's like the only way to prove it is to punch you. But if I punch you, that'd be proving me and be a bad guy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to get away from that image. <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, yeah. And, and it's another, like, going, going on with that, it's like, uh, we have this like social arrogance now where it's just, we believe that like we know better. And there used to be a time when it was like, we knew that we didn't know better. Yeah. And the, the, the wisdom was know what you don't know. Like know that you don't know everything. That's a very important thing to go through life with. Right. Which like went hand in hand with respect your elders. Like 100%, 100%. Right. And then, so now we, we overuse the word genius. Yeah. Right. Everybody's kids are freaking genius. Everybody's kids are how how is everybody's kids a genius? Uh, how come on? All your kids aren't geniuses. No, you know. And then it's uh, success at something gets called genius, yeah. right? Where somebody will say, "Oh, Kim Kardashian's a genius. She's got like a millions and millions of dollars." Like that's not the measure of genius, right? Right. We live in a right. capitalist society. Yeah. Where and sex sells. Yeah. That's not genius. You can call her a businesswoman. Successful, very yeah. successful, right? Uh, a profitable, yeah. a very profit because she is her business. Yeah. So she herself is profitable, but that doesn't make her a genius. No. Right. And again, a lot of times the arrogance of human 
uh, human people is that what we're calling genius is anything that we perceive to be smarter than us. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's genius. Yeah. It's like there are levels to this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's uh. It's just you know just a funny just a funny thing I've been noticing. I'm I'm just putting it. I'm just th- listen. This is wisdom tradition right now. This is uh. I'm just dropping the wisdom. Yeah. You know, because people we can't accept it from old people right now, and I mean, I'm like, <laughs> at, I'm like at the cutoff. <laughs> yeah, you getting there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost at the point where society is going to try to start separating me from the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and start putting a wedge and start like bringing up my past and like labeling me a bad guy somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be. I can't wait to see how they try to take me down. I remember what you said when you were 20. Yeah. What I say? You said it all. I, I said know. a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've gotten, uh, you said more now than back then. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. You've more controversial as you've aged. Yeah, because I didn't get it. I was, you know, again, I came from one of those, whatever. Not, I'm, I'm, Come on, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> we're here to bring the people. We're here to bring the people together. Yeah. That's all we do on this podcast is bring the people together. I uh, was watching, I was like learning the other day about all the people that uh, volunteered to watch uh, public executions. Like volunteered to go? Yeah. Because they like, need, in, in U.S., they need witnesses. Yeah. So people have to like, volunteer. a lot of times people volunteer to go do it. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Man, I was watching, um, oh, what's, it, what's the guy's name that was uh, Ted Bundy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he was being executed... They, people camped out, they had signs, they were like, kill him, like they, when it happened, they were all cheering, it was like, celebration time. Yeah. That's so weird. Do you, do you know, what, uh, do you know where he was executed by any chance? Um, Cause there's a, it was Midwest somewhere. There's a place in Huntsville, Texas. Huntsville, Texas have, is the capital punishment capital of the world. It might have been Texas, it might have been Texas, yeah. yeah. That's like all of the deaths in Texas, I think, come through here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a place and then uh, this is a little information for you. I wrote down some information. I got information Ooh. from reading these articles. Okay. Okay, wisdom, share it. Uh Huntsville, Texas. I don't I didn't write down the name of the building. I wish I did that now. Uh nineteen eighty two. Charlie Brooks was the first person to die of lethal injection. That was the first person? To die of lethal injection. Not, Before they used to shock him? Uh they probably had, fi- they had firing squad for a little while. That's so crazy. Right before 1982, huh? We were still firing squad. Yeah. <laughs> we are old, Sydney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember that Remember that story of that guy out west that he got to choose his method of death and yeah. he chose firing squad? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And I still, I love that guy. That's, I still think about him every now and again. I'm like, yeah, he's the man. <laughs> I don't even know what his crime was. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I just know that he took it like a man. Yeah. <laughs> was like, that was the last accountable person in America. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. We, we got, that was like America's first-hand glimpse of what uh like pure accountability looks like yeah and we were like no thank you yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no 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 it was your fault <laughs> i'm a victim <laughs> yeah i'm the victim here i'm the victim and that person also who murdered is a victim it's like, yeah. it's like, oh man it's uh but yeah that's uh that's a good time that's a good time <laughs> 
Yeah, I, uh, I would, I would, I don't know if I would do that though. Watch I'll a watch? public execution. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was, um, I heard a, I heard a thing that, um, I have no, I have no facts about this. So, but I heard a thing that Trump was like trying to get like five people executed that were on death row before he leaves office. It was at, and it was presented as kind of like a, a smear. Like it was a liberal news being like, Trump's a horrible person. Look, he's trying to kill people before mm-hmm. he leaves office. And, um, the person I was talking to, I was like, so don't, you don't believe in the death penalty? Like, like, should we continue to pay taxes for these people? Like, I don't know what they did. If they did something horrible enough to be on the death penalty, do I, do I care about their lives? Mm-hmm. You know, do I, do they deserve to live? And, um, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in the death penalty or not. I mean, th- there's some, there's some, there's some flaws in it. Right. Well, right. Th- I mean, let's just say this, uh, all the presidents do that on their way out. Yeah. They like expedite some executions. Yeah. Very common. Why, why do they do that? Uh, I don't quite know. I mean, it's, I don't quite know. I mean, a lot, a lot of this. <laughs> Power! Like, well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of the times like, executing these people is getting you in the good graces of those communities. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, ah, finally he got rid of that monster. Because well, like we were saying, like people volunteer for this, like crowds go and cheer for yeah. this. Like there's like, like the people that are victims of the crimes of these what these humans did to get them on death row want these people to be killed. Yeah. Like it's justice. Absolutely. And then, uh, so I forget what I was going to say about that, uh, going forward. Cause wait, what were we saying about what were you, what were you saying before I, I brought up the, uh, that all presidents do that? How did you end that last thing? The, whether I believe in it or not. Okay. So here, here where well, I, I feel taxes? like some of yeah. the flaws are oh, right. with the death penalty. So, uh, the one of the guys that uh, Trump was expediting the execution. Oh, you which know is, about this? Yeah, I mean, it's like I didn't read. I specifically didn't read that article because I knew it was going to be a smear, and I very specifically remembered when Barack Obama was leaving office, he expedited some executions. Yeah, you do. You, you let some people out of jail. You kill some people. Exactly. You like get some. You got some busy work you got to get done. You do some old school presidential shit. Okay. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> yeah. Old dude. This is this is this is this is the work. Yeah. This is the presidential work. <laughs> You know, yeah. this is why it's hard to be president. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and, you know, because of that, I didn't want to, I just didn't even want to get into that. Like, it's just like, because then I'm just going to get upset that they're, I know, keep contest- wanting to look it up. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, it's like uh, this no, is I don't want to make me annoyed. Yeah. Make me annoyed. And, um, and make me annoying to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to read this and then you have to live with me. I appreciate you know? it. Yeah. So, but almost every other article that was about public executions that was coming out because that was in vogue, I was reading all of those. Yeah. You know, and, uh, so here's where I feel like the flaw is because that guy that murdered that, that Trump expedited the execution of, he committed the murder that he committed and was being executed for when he was 18. He was being executed at the age of 40 mm. or like close to the age of 40. Right. Where you're executing two completely different people. Yeah. Like the person that committed that crime at 18 is not the same person that you're executing at 40. I mean, the part of your brain that, starts to develop the ability to decipher uh, consequences doesn't even finish developing until you're 25. 18, yeah, shit. Right? Yeah. Could you imagine having to be accountable for decisions you made at 18? Can Like, remember I was telling you about that documentary that I was watching that was about the lady who, um, she was a therapist and she ended up being involved with all the serial killers when people were first learning about serial killers. Mm-hmm. And um, she was really upset that they executed Ted Bundy because she wanted to study him and learn from him you know because he had this whole thing like he had a whole persona about him yeah, but, that, but think about that i think about how the other 
uh, serial killers who weren't as charming yeah. or as cool felt. Yeah. You know, like she's like campaigning to like, we know you can't murder him. I mean, he's cool, but you can't murder Ted Bundy. There's so much to learn from him. He's so smart. I mean, that guy's a fucking idiot. But you know, <laughs> well, there was one guy that was um, being held in jail, and she was just like, we hit it off, like, and she was like, like that she became friends with him. And she was like, I think one of the reasons we became such good friends, and her whole thing was about multiple personalities. Like she had a like a really strong interest in that, was because she's like, I enjoyed every one of his personalities, and I treated them all the same. You know, so she thinks that's why her and this guy had such a rapport. You think but- most of his personalities were probably black, huh? <laughs> that's why. And she was she that's was okay why. with it. Yeah, yeah. And she was just like, it was like he was white, but then all of his personalities were black, and she didn't want to be offensive to any yeah. of them. She's like, and I treated them all the same. Yeah, and she's like yeah. so proud of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like they wanted her to um, get him out of the hospital where he was being held. And she was like, I wasn't going to do it. Like he already tried to kill like three of his lovers, you know, like he. Yeah. Two of his personalities. <laughs> yeah. He didn't succeed yet. But like yeah. she was like, no. And like and then some other doctor came in and testified for him to like get him out of the hospital. But um, I don't know why I said that. But like it was just interesting because well, she no, was, it was like, like, she, you know, again, saved Ted Bundy. But this guy who I, like, you know, like this yeah, guy who which, I. Well, and it was it was reminding me of remember when you we were talking about like you should use humans that are. um you know, that want to commit suicide to study them, like use them for things. Like, so like she want like, like all these people on death row, like, are they useful? And is that like, is it wrong? Like, is it immoral to use them to learn about human beings versus like just killing them? Yeah. Can we fuck them? (laughs) What can we use them for? (laughs) There's gotta be an industry around like recycling serial killers somehow. Like, like, We'll figure that out. Yeah. We yeah. figured out what to do with the people who wanted to do stu- commit suicide. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and her whole thing was um, that the people, the worst com- crimes that they commit, the worst they were treated in their childhood and coming up. Because, like, Ted Bundy tried to present himself as somebody that talked about true evil. Mm-hmm. And he was just evil for the sake of being evil. You know, he was just a murderer. And he tried to say that his home life was great, that his mom was Cause great. Because he's, he's white. Yeah. And he didn't yeah, want to admit it. Yeah. The white people are trained to deny <laughs> shitty upbringings. Oh, that's crazy because there was a black guy on it and he was like, oh shit, my childhood was horrible. <laughs> like, he was like, it was bad. Oh, you wouldn't believe it, man. I don't believe yeah. it sometimes. <laughs> uh, checks out. Yeah. That all makes sense sure. so far. So yeah. far. Yeah. I don't, th- again, I don't necessarily think he was denying his existence, but I think he was probably embarrassed by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, she wanted to continue to talk to him to, like, tease out, like, what really was done to him to make his brain malfunction in this way. You Mm -hmm. know, like, because she didn't believe in, like, that there was true evil. Like, it was, you know, people are treated a certain way, then their, their brains react in a certain way. You know, people have tumors in their brains. You know, like, she, like, liked the medical side of things. So, like, you see, like, their, oh, what's it called? Their glotta, their... Um, uh, amygdala their amygdala and like like different parts of their brains yeah. were deformed or like people yeah. literally had tumors so I and think they were like here is like amygdala hippocampus yeah and uh i might be wrong about all of this <laughs> <laughs> it's all good frontal lobe frontal lobe this is the frontal lobe <laughs> yeah this right here frontal lobe yeah but yeah. like just study the science of like what's like like going on in their brain to make them 
lose lose this touch with reality, which thinks that that, that allows them to kill other people and be okay with it. Yeah, but that that's also too. I feel like you got to admit that there's something very human about murder. Yeah, and the fact that we don't do it is that 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 was mostly the intervention of living in societies. Yeah, that was her whole thing. She was like, why do I not kill people? Like, that's what... You don't want to get... Because you're a bitch. You don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why. You don't have enough bicep strength. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you're veal. Because you didn't grow up with the Ted Bundy lifestyle or that black guy. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up with the life Ted Bundy is claiming he had. Yeah. That's yeah. why. That's why you don't kill anybody. Because you would die of exhaustion trying to kill somebody. <laughs> there, there was one guy that... um The one guy that they kept talking about that, like, had the tumor and, like didn't quite like he had a job where he like served food and stuff and he had a wife and he would tell his wife he's like don't go out at night when it gets dark because there is a serial killer out there yeah and it was it was him yeah well maybe maybe see maybe see here's the deal because sometimes it's really difficult to get women to listen (laughs) (laughs) yeah Like, like, I remember, remember how hard it was for me to convince you to put curtains on your fucking window in college or whatever? Yeah. It was like, come on, you can't, you can't do this kind of stuff, you know? There's people out here killing people and like, she wouldn't listen. So he had to he prove had to it. Go, he had to go do it. Like, that's probably what most murder, like every type of dude's married and is a serial killer. Yeah. He was trying to prove a point. Ted Bundy was married or had a girlfriend. Had a girlfriend, but that, girlfriend. but you know what I mean. It's like, it's yeah. like, listen, I, you can't, we can't live like you can't. You gotta listen. It's dangerous. And she's like, I don't care. I'm just, it's life, and like nobody's gonna hurt me. Nobody's thinking about me. And it's like, no, listen, I get that you don't think that, like because you're a nice person. That doesn't mean that everybody else is gonna be a nice people, and you gotta understand that people are killing people. I haven't seen anything about anybody getting killed. If they said people were getting killed, it would be in the newspapers. Like, fuck. All right, all right. I'll show you. All right, all right. Get a newspaper tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be right back. You, you, when you're on your way to work tomorrow, get a newspaper. I swear to, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine it probably had had was that was probably <laughs> that's probably how that happened. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, but that too, it's like uh, again, I, I, it's funny to me because I'm like moving forward as if I'm 100 percent right about how this guy murdered sure, his first sure, person, yeah. right? And I'm um, again like. it's it's that that i'm doing that i'm i know that i'm moving forward as if this is right and it's i also know that it's absolutely ridiculous yeah but i like this transition in conversation okay okay so so if you yeah you're gonna teach me a lesson go ahead this is you well no no no. this is this is just like how a lot of murder a lot of serial killers can probably happen right where it can also be like people that are just like like dumb as fuck and like super confident Oh, yeah. None of these people seem... I mean, Ted Bundy, I think, was the exception because he seemed intelligent. You know, I'm not quite sure. Um, He was at least charismatic enough to come off as intelligent. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, the other people that she was... That they showed were, like, not intelligent. Yeah. And if you're... If you're you're confident enough, you, you start believing your bad ideas make sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're in that situation. It's like, fuck, she won't listen. Something's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, dude, the only way she's going to listen to me is if people start getting murdered. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. And it's for her safety. <laughs> yeah. So then you got to go find, 
like murderable people. Yeah. You know, so girls with no shades on their windows. That's why they always end up at like sororities. <laughs> Look at them all. They're all drunk in there together having a pillow fight with the shades up. <laughs> it's, yeah, that'd be funny. It's just like, why why are all these people getting murdered for doing the things you tell me I shouldn't be doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like going out to eat by myself after eight, like, it's just yeah. like it's just, what? what? Yes, yeah, that's uh, that's how that happened. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like that confidence, yeah. and I feel like um, you can see, you know, cause fortunately, uh, we have more outlets for super confident idiots. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we have like more sports and more, just like more things that they can apply themselves to. It's like. All right, you know, if you're a super confident idiot, please don't go p- kill people. Maybe you like base jumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's a lot of things that people can do now. It's like, hey, you know, maybe you're a UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's um like, yeah. <laughs> like Tony Ferguson to me. He would be a killer. Dude, he's he's probably the most confident idiot <laughs> in UFC. Yeah. In UFC. I mean, Tony, Fer- you just, I mean, if you are not familiar with Tony Ferguson as a, a non fight fan or non UFC fan or non MMA fan, you got to look this guy up. I need to listen to another one of his interviews after they're you all, that. They're so hard to listen to because really? it's like, this is fucking nonsense. He didn't do it. I felt like he did a Joe Rogan that was like. He, he might have, but Joe Rogan's good at prompting people and like directing a conversation yeah a lot of the time when he's talking to these reporters since these reporters are all so concerned with having this moment be viral they just let him talk yeah and you can learn a lot about a person when you just let them talk yeah and this dude is a super confident idiot yeah super confident super fucking idiot yeah and he's one of these people that uh you know we always talk about succeeding the wrong way yeah. Like it's, it's a very dangerous, one of the most dangerous habits that you can develop is succeeding the wrong way because then you start adhering to the wrong way as the right way. And then when things start going wrong, you're so far behind because you're, you're succeed, you were succeeding the wrong way in the first place. So the first thing that you're going to try to do is make the wrong way right, not go all the way back to the right way. You're going to go look at the wrong way that you were doing things and then start fixing that shit the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you're stuck in this cycle of stuck in the wrong way of doing things. Right. So uh, Tony Ferguson. So let me give you an example of some of the things that Tony Ferguson has done. Well, one example, and then we'll go into the example that happened recently. So he was slated to fight uh, somebody and they Oh, I forget who it was. He was supposed to fight. That person back had to back out of the fight for whatever reason. He still made weight. Now, oh, right. That was him. That was I remember him. That. He still made weight. Now, but David Goggins praised him for that. He praised him for that, but David Goggins isn't a fighter. And also, he praised him for it like when he did it, which is good. You can praise him for it when he did it. Because when he did it, it was like, oh, this is crazy. This is extreme. He's proving a point. He's sending a message to all those other fighters. Like, I'm here for it. I'm serious. I'm dedicated. But then he got scheduled to fight a week later. He wasn't expecting to get scheduled to fight a week later before he made weight. And we were just talking about this, that people are cutting like 30 pounds and like ridiculous amounts of... It takes a lot out of you. Yeah. It takes a lot out of you. And to do that back-to-back weeks... Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? It's not smart. 
he spent two weeks in a weight cut. Yeah, that's, for the most part, ooh, that's not going to be good for you. Not at all. And then the fight that he had, he looked very flat-footed, very lethargic. Right, because you barely put that stuff back on. Like what they they say after. Um, I had a nutritionist tell me that like after an MMA fight or after, you know, like you cut weight for jujitsu, you have to eat some like 20,000 calories the next day to get back to your baseline. Right. But if you get scheduled for a fight the next week, you're not going to be packing on the the carbohydrates yeah, to take the, yourself the, the back nutri- to baseline. All the yeah. You're, you're depleted. Yeah. And you're going to stay depleted because you're like, oh, I've got to make weight again. The dude stayed depleted. Yeah. Right. And then he goes and he loses that fight. Yeah. And he looked he it looked he looked depleted. He looked like a depleted man. Very tough guy. He stayed in the fight. He got pummeled but never gave up. Right. They stopped the fight just because it was a humane thing to do. And uh so then flash forward to this fight that he just had uh yesterday. He just had a fight yesterday. And all week I'm watching the UFC embedded, which they they followed them each day leading up to fight week. Or each each day of fight week leading up to the fight. So there's six episodes. Mm-hmm. Starts on Monday, and they, you know, they have ridiculous production company uh, abilities. So they film it and they cut it up and put it out on the same day, right? So, or maybe it's like the next day or whatever, whenever it is. But it's, it's like it's quick. It's very quick. So on Friday, the Friday, like the Friday before the fight, the fight was on Saturday, or maybe it was Thursday. But even then, that's too close. He and his camp. They go to a trampoline park. What? And he jumped on the trampolines? Jumping, flipping, tricking mm. on all these trampolines. And it was like, I get where he's going with it. He wanted to go somewhere and be acrobatic with his body, move his body around. Loose, have fun. Right? But trampolines yeah. take all of the spring out of you. Yeah. I don't care what kind of athlete you are, what level of an athlete you are. Trampolines take it out of you. They're yeah. like it's it's crazy. Like if you were, if you if you were like a character in a video game, like Street Fighter, and you guys were fighting on the trampoline, like as soon as you guys both plop down on the trampoline, it'd take like a little bit of your energy bar. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like it's that's a crazy that's a crazy idea. But there, he's nobody telling him because again he's running his camp and he's he's has all these crazy ridiculous off the wall training techniques that he uses. Right. So you can't question me. I yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and so his habit of succeeding the wrong way has put him in a place where he's going to be making terrible decisions for a <laughs> while. It seems like there's a lot of people like because of because of because information is so available and because it's more and more people are having the opportunity to create their own gyms mm-hmm. on their property or, you know, wh- however, they just have access to you know, working out and getting getting what they need. It seems like more and more people are creating their own corners and making their corners. You know, they don't have a head coach. They don't have a uh, somebody in charge of them, and they're in charge. And yeah. they're like, and it's like, mm, that's not that's not good. Yeah, like, like it works once, and then it's like, oh, this is gonna be bad. It's like, do you know how dumb you are? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you know how dumb you are. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I feel. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. Run your shit. I, I'm not mad at that, but. At the same time, it's like, maybe you shouldn't be running your shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of times the guy who thinks like, you know what? I could do this all myself. <laughs> shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. That's like one, one in every decade guy can do that. Yeah. It's like, 
As a matter of fact, coming up with the idea is an indicator that you shouldn't be doing the idea. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's like, you want to know how you know you shouldn't be coaching yourself? If you ever like, man, I can coach myself. <laughs> oh, man, I can do this all me. This, this yeah. is me. All they're doing is telling me what to do when I'm not seeing it and they're seeing it from the outside looking in. That's all they're doing. All I have to do is look outside of myself into myself and see what they're seeing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Anybody can coach me. <laughs> Oh, man. It is always the dumbest guys that try to coach themselves, too. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's it's not... um, There's no coincidence that that is the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... uh, And ironically, all of them had hard lives. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Oh, man. I think we're good here. We're good here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Did we bring the world together? Are you guys all together? Did this did this episode make you feel uh, right with humanity again? Because that's all we're trying to do. That's we it. almost forgot to shout out our sponsor. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Sick Butts. <laughs> if you see a sick butt out there and you want to grab it, use promo code JACKBROS. <laughs> <laughs> That is, you uh, You get two cheeks for the price of one grab. Grab both of those cheeks and just whisper gently in the ear, jacked bros, just very jacked bros. Close your eyes because eye contact is weird. Like, is <laughs> and there might be mace. There might be mace. There might be mace. Be ready. Close those eyes. Be ready. Uh, we, that should be our next sponsor, Mace. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Dude, we'd make a fucking killing. Yeah. That's, that, we need to start getting like greedy capitalists. Yeah. Like, that's a good move. I we could sponsor sick, we got like we, uh, sick butts and Mace. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, should have got the shout outs ready while I was shouting out our sponsor. Yeah, yeah. For uh, So real quick, our shout out. Shout out to Mike Butler, Mike Levy, Liz Bot, Doc, Kevin Stevens, Julian from Canada, Kevin Lau, Mary Jo Butterly, Nicole Raj, Janelle, Courtney, Rick McCauley, Andrew Pace, Keith Butts, Kyle Hancock, Erica Daniels, Levi Mercer, Justin Masabi, Ezekiel Ellis, Logan, Ryan, Roger Down, Joe, Rob, Joe Franson, his girlfriend's company, Saved by the Wreath. Almost forgot Meg that says that so. That's Julian from Canada's wife in her uh, her Instagram page. And of course, check out her podcast, So and Tell. TJ James, our man down under, holding us down. Recently had a birthday. I don't know how yes. old he is, but he looks young as fuck. I'm going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get him. I'm going to age you, TJ. <laughs> Nick Cupsey and his two books, Lost in the Mail and The Five People You Meet in Wawa. Please check those out. They're very funny table reads. This old guy, still don't remember who you are. Chris Bruno and Kevin McGrand. Never can forget you guys. Graham Hoffman, Chris Tucker, Derek Towson, who is my brother. We have different last names. He wants me to explain it. We just don't have the time. There's too many shout outs. Sean Dowdy, what up? Guy Patterson, what up? Brian Bachner, what up? Tuscany Rodriguez, what up? And our newest addition to the shout outs. Sean the Boner King. Boing. <laughs> if you want to be added, just let us know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Melissa Vile Kingdom and her band, Circadian Clock. Check out uh, Beethoven Violin on YouTube. She's got a yes, new YouTube awesome. page. You're going to love her stuff. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. And good night. you <laughs>